0: Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas
1: and Michael. Luxury goods in retirement. This, this is one of those podcasts, I feel like we're going to trick people into listening by talking about luxury goods in retirement. They're going to think we're talking about Maseratis or holiday homes or really cool things like that, but we're yeah, talking look, about boring trade-offs again today. Look, yeah, full disclosure, um, <laughs> on your list here,
0: yeah, I aspire to have all of these things yeah. in retirement. <laughs> yeah, So yeah. it's... Look, it's what it's one of those things. Maybe not the two cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without giving so so much away, <laughs> but but it is it's it's one of those things that it, it's it's an interesting topic because yeah. people don't often think about these things this way. No, and and and, and it's all about trade offs. It yeah. all
1: comes back to trade offs. So I actually had a similar conversation. We, we talked about this with uh, in a recent podcast about um, why I'm renting again mm. uh, at the moment and, and why I'm renting. Still, I guess. But I talked about we were talking about this, Nick and I, about what we what we wanted in, in a house that we move into or what we wanted in our in our home. And I must have been really obnoxious because every time she said, We need this, I would interrupt and go, We don't need anything. We don't need anything. No. There are there are only trade offs as to what we're willing to pay for what we think is most important to us. Yeah. And so the minute someone says, which is which is what we were talking about, oh well. We need a spare room. We need this. We need. We need a big kitchen. We need a. We, you know, we need a lounge room. We need room for our books. We we don't need any of those things. We need. We need. I think this is where she actually drew the line because I said all we need is to stay out of the rain, and, and some running water, because we don't really need to eat for three weeks at a time. You can go three weeks, at a time. <laughs> right? That's done me. I can't come into that. We do need food, so. But the point, the point we're making here when we talk about these things is different items that, that, are, that are luxury goods. And what I mean by that is we're really trying to uh, talk about the fact that for different people, there are, there are things that are more and less important to them, both in their normal life but particularly in retirement. And what we're really what I'm big on is, is you know, making sure that we're making these as true decisions with our eyes open and understanding that if we want these things, we have to pay a price for them. Yes, that's a good point to make, and
0: and um, people don't often appreciate that that anything that they say that they need or or that they want, yeah. it actually pulls yeah. at other things that they yeah. want. It pulls away yeah. from those. That's so, right. So um, you can't have money is finite. Yes, and yeah. once you're at retirement, yeah, and. My classic saying of, yeah. of your, um, going your money is going to work um, for you. Yeah. It can only work so, it can work so hard. That's exactly right. And it can't work full time yeah. and yeah. it's got to have well, some capacity to have a rest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and this so, is... so money is finite in terms of, of there's going to be a certain amount of income that can come in yep. to you every yep. single year Yep. where you safely will not run out of money in retirement. Yeah. Now, if you want if you want the more things that you want the more that pulls away at other yes. things that you can that you that, potentially have
1: that's a good point because I, th- I think the and again it, it ties into it's a hard it's a hard switch so people tend to either stress too much about running out of money in retirement or not enough and what yeah. I mean by that is if someone's got 1.6 million dollars in retirement savings they flick the switch they're retired as you said the money gets up and gets stressed and goes to work for them yeah. as a rule of thumb you might say you could probably rely on about $80,000 a year. Now, what we often have is in those early years of retirement, people say, well, can we can we take an extra $20,000 to do this? Or well, can we, you know... And the whole thing is, it's your money. You can, mm-hmm. you can take as much as... You could take the whole $1.6 million out and blow it all in that first year. It just means you're going to run out of money. So what we're talking about there is that there is normally, by the time you reach retirement, whatever your retirement savings are, there is a figure that you are able to draw every year safely and not run out. Yep. And for most people, that is the most important thing is that they're going, well, whatever that figure is, I just have to make everything fit under that and and whatever I have to give up to make that happen is, is what I'm going to do. So, yep. I mean, separate to that, and, and the reason why we talk about this, it seems strange, I think, for a lot of people where they come to see us at 55 And we're talking about, you know, what do you want your retirement to look like? It's not because we know where we're going to be in 10 years' time. It's because we're trying to work out in the same, you know, which of of these, what do they think of as necessities and what do they think of as luxuries? And based on that, how much income are they going to need in retirement? And based on that, how much are they going to need in retirement savings? And what do they need to do to get from here to there? Mm. So the point of this is not to say... Um, it's not to say what we think you should spend or, or what it is. It's it's that for anyone listening to this, whether you're five years or ten years out from retirement, whether you're about to retire, you need to realise that there are choices that you are going to make that are going to impact um, what you can afford to do in retirement. Um, we've just made a list here of things that are, that could be considered luxuries to different people. Yeah, look, it's a good one
0: because it, it provides a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. Uh, for me what i'm thinking here so there's five things that you have here listed Dallas. Yeah. so um we'll talk about those one by one in a minute what it does though is is if you can trade off some of these things yeah. it provides a bit of wiggle room yeah. in the event for example that you don't quite get to where you need yeah. to be at yeah.
1: retirement you might go which of these am i willing to give up and which am i not willing to which, give up? yeah
0: that's right and the and the other thing that it allows you to do is even if you do get to where you need to be yeah. to retire, um, we know that's that's fluid as in there's market downturns and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. if there is a year where the economy is just terrible yeah. and the markets yeah. and your investments and your superannuation balance is down yeah. quite a bit, yeah. um, you can do what most of the other working population, population oh, is doing, which yeah. is tightening their belts yeah. and, and, making an s- an, and, and making a trade-off. Yeah. Um, and 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 you can actually dial down some of these things for yeah. that particular year. That's right. And 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 we've talked about it before. Um, if you're on holiday and you are going to go overseas, but you end up just going locally, yeah. and lying on a beach locally. You're not
1: dreaming about the overseas holiday Uh, the whole time. To be fair, you you might if you're in (laughs) Sydney or Melbourne in July. It's for our our listeners. (laughs) listeners In the depths of winter in Melbourne, they're probably not sitting on a beach in Melbourne going, ah, this is just like the south of France. Yes, (laughs) that's true. Now,
0: that's a good example. So in July, if you were going to travel to the south of France from Australia, and for some reason, because of money, you couldn't do it for that year. So you flew to, say, North Queensland and light on the... Beautiful beach in Magnetic you Island. Should, you should work for Townsville. You've solved this. Year. You're not lying on the beach in Magnetic Island, thinking, "Yeah, geez, I wish I was in the French Riviera right yeah. now." Yeah, okay, I mean, you might think it for a, yep. for a, yep. when you when you when you buy a bottle of local rosé, <laughs> um, you might think it for just a minute because it's nowhere near as good as the French rosé. You can get French rosé landed in Australia now for yep. cheaper than what we can produce it in Australia. Yep. So yeah, um, you can. So you can. You can um, have the best of both worlds. I think, <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I, I think that's a great point. Is what we're talking about here is not to say, um, it's not to say, say, like you said, I've just listed five things off the top of my head here that I think that that are potentially luxury goods that people don't um, think of as luxury goods, and so the the point is not to say that. You shouldn't want these things, or that you're not trying to afford them, and that you're not. It's just that there is potential to dial that to back. dial them back, either either in your planning for retirement. So if you're five or ten years out, and you aren't, you're worried that you're not going to be where you where you need to be. It's much it's much easier to have the conversation now and go, okay, which which of these things are, are just non negotiable, and we just will work until we yep. have that thing. And which of these things do you go? Well, we actually probably don't need as much as we thought because we're willing to we're willing to move yeah. on these on these things. So yeah, look, I, I, yeah. I think that's great. Let's go through them one by one. now. So number one, yeah, people are going to think these are the weirdest luxury goods that they've <laughs> ever heard of. So number one is having more than ten percent of your retirement savings in cash. Yep. And so what I mean by that, I've, so I've got I've got different clients that are retired now. Uh, some of them have probably a little bit less than than what they the amount that they draw out each year is, is slightly more than they would be, um, yeah, there is some risk of them running out of money. So mm-hmm. for those guys, there's just no way they can afford to have 10%, more than 10% of their retirement no. savings in cash because the return they're going to get on that money over the next 20, 30 years means they will definitely run out of money. So for those people, even if they, they may not want the volatility of having 90% of their retirement savings you know, subject mm-hmm. to investment downturns, the reality is they just ha- they can't afford to not have that much invested in, in Australian and overseas companies.
0: Yeah, look, and I have uh, clients in a similar position, yeah. and we've had that discussion, Yeah, and, and I've said to them, look, holding 10% of your money in cash would be a nice luxury to have, but yeah. really what it's going to do, yeah. if you think about it, um, the cash rates right now yeah. are yeah. soon to be negative. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: you're actually going to have to pay money to keep to so that. Yeah, and and that's it, as soon so as the interest rate goes <laughs> negative, it becomes very clear it is you are it, literally paying. You're paying. You are paying to have that money in a bank account that you know you can. You you know you can, what that balance is at every point in time. So
0: that, that's right. So I mean, if the rest of your money, let's say for a moment, is going to earn eight percent rate of return, yeah, and you have. Um, 90% of your money yeah. earning 8% and you have 10% of your money earning 0%. Yeah. What it really does is dial down your overall rate of return yeah. from 8% to 7% yeah. Um, yeah. effectively. Yeah. And I'm right there, aren't I? 7.2, yeah. yeah. 7.2, yeah. but you know. <laughs> I thought, I thought, 0.2 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exactly right uh So 7.2%. So people would think, you know, what's the difference between 7.2% yeah. and 8% rate yeah. of return? Yeah. That is an astronomical difference yeah. over 25 years or 30 years of your retirement. So yeah. that is the difference between um, someone getting 7.2% rate of return and drawing the same amount of income as someone yeah. that gets 8% rate of return on yeah. their overall. Uh, that is that is the difference between the person getting 7.2% running out of money yeah. in the 20th year of their retirement mm-hmm. and the person getting 8% still yeah. having over a million dollars left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's the... yeah. There's no science in that figure because yeah. it's different for everyone. Yeah. but, but there, the, Sorry, there's no science in what I just told you in that example, um, because I haven't pulled out a spreadsheet yeah, and done that. Yeah, but yeah. we've just seen that many, many yeah. times yeah. in our spreadsheets that that's that's the difference between out of a return. yeah. a out of a percent extra return yeah. each year. It's a compounding effect over that period and, of
1: time, and it and it is a cost. And that and so, like I said, I've got other clients who. They are they are in a really good position in terms of they've got more in retirement savings than what they probably need. Mm. So for those guys, they and they they like the idea of having a little bit more in cash. So I think for them, we've got fifteen twenty percent at the moment. Yeah. Now, if if for whatever reason they said, okay, you know we've we've got we've got 1.4 million, they've basically got, I think, about 1.4 and they're currently drawing out um, about $60,000 a year. So I'm going, well, that's a a bit less than probably what they they could potentially draw out. If they came to me and said, well, instead of living on $60,000 a year, we want to draw out $70,000 a year and and we want to be able to afford some of these other luxuries potentially, that would then be the conversation I'd be having is, well, if that's the case, we probably can't afford to have that much in cash. Because as you said, the effect on that return... Is that you've had the luxury of you know you've got like they've got four years worth of their worth of their living expenses in cash. They know that if the market drops, they can just draw out of the cash component for yeah. four years. That's something that's been important to them to this point. If at that point, if at some point in time they said, "Well, we want to actually spend more," that's the trade-off they have to make: is we can't afford to have that much in cash. Yes, so and again, I think that's that's a perfect scenario there because.
0: It, it is a luxury yeah i mean it, it, yeah, yeah. it by its very yeah. definition is then a luxury that yeah. they're actually holding it's right now. That it's yeah. a choice that they're making it's a choice that they're making yep yeah. so um number two owning your own house
1: yeah so i mean we've talked about this a bit when it came to in a recent podcast about renting yes um, and and it's one of those things where you go this is something that. Separate to the issue, so there's obviously all sorts of planning work around in your retirement, should you own your home versus should you rent if you, potentially you could own your own home and be eligible for more Centrelink. There's a few things like that. Putting that aside, for most people who are self-funded retirees, you are, you are slightly better off financially actually renting throughout your retirement. Yes. So, and for most, this is one that 90% of people, I would say, this is, this is to them not a luxury good. It's, it's very important to them to own their own home. And so they, yeah. that's what they want to do. But again, the important thing here is to realise that financially you are probably better off renting, but you are choosing to own your own home. And because of that, it, it is a luxury. It is a choice that you are making. Yeah? Yes. And this isn't talking about you know owning a, a mansion somewhere. This is just even owning your, your, your very standard well, house well, suburb. Well, you're right. So um, even in North
0: Queensland, house prices, yeah. which the median house price I think is... Sydney people will laugh at this. Yeah. It's about three hundred and eighty thousand yeah. so dollars. I'm going to yeah. say in, yeah. in Townsville at the yeah. moment. So a client of mine, um, Liz, we've spoken about this yeah. at length yeah. in, in yeah. recent podcasts. So the difference, she, she rents now. Yeah. She rents a nicer house than she or a nicer apartment than she, than what her house was. Yeah. And the trade off for her is that because she loves travel, she can spend an extra fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year yeah. on travel. Yeah. For the first twenty years yeah. of her retirement. Mm. Um, so for her, it was a pure trade-off yeah. scenario. It took us it took us a good four or five years to get there. We had all these discussions. I didn't influence her in any way. Yeah. But we kept looking at, okay, um, what are you going to do? Uh, how much do you want to spend on travel? Um, you know, how long do you want to work for? Yeah. Weighing all that up together. Yeah. And, and what it came down for Liz was that um, travel is extremely important. Yeah especially in the early stages of her retirement. It made sense for her to sell and to rent uh, an apartment, given that the house that she lived in, she didn't really like that much anyway. She was yeah. going to move yep. from that anyway. Yep. Um, and, and she could now, with confidence, retire yep. and, and draw between an extra fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year to, to spend on travel. So it's not to say that she can't go in and well, buy again Well, this on. is, I
1: guess, the, the, in a similar vein to, and because obviously I've heard the story of Liz many times, yeah. she, she gets a run on this podcast almost yeah, as much as your like, money getting up and going yeah. to work for you. So um, the as you said, at this point in her life, having that money to spend on travel is more important to her than owning that house. And that's mm. not a decision that she has to make and stick to for 30 years. Mm. If in five years' time she turns around and says, you know what, I really just want. I really want to own my own home again, Mm. and that's now more important to me than travel. That's that trade, as we said. That's the trade-off. She can go back and do that. She can, she could then go and use that money to go and buy that, buy a home. As we said, financially, it's going to cost her a little bit more every year, which is the difference between whether she can afford to travel or not. But that's a, that's those are both. It's a really, really concrete example of how, um, yeah. Overseas travel is obviously a luxury good, but but owning your own home is a luxury good because that is a decision that you make that that financially costs you a bit of money every year. Yes, and and it's certainly one of
0: those ones that you can, if you are going to be short at retirement for whatever reason, yeah. you've left the planning too late, um, or you're just not going to be where you wanted to be and you're a homeowner, it's one of those ones that you can actually have a look at at that point yeah. in time yeah. and say, okay... Um, yeah what I have in retirement savings is only going to allow me you know sixty thousand dollars a year of income yeah I really need eighty thousand dollars to do the stuff that I want to do yep um The difference here is you know, if i if I sold and rented mm-hmm. at this point in time i could I could bump my income up to eighty thousand dollars a year, yep, knowing full well that I can always go back and buy yeah if I ever want to become a homeowner yep. home again owner again yep now um Obviously, you have to realise at that stage, you have to bump back to $60,000 yeah, yeah. Of, of income. Yeah. But again, it's a trade-off. So, yeah. so I mean, retirement planning, if trade-off is one of the biggest things yeah. or biggest terms that we discuss and biggest concept, concepts that we discuss because it is a series of trade-offs. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about yeah, today, of course. Yeah. That's
1: right. Um so to to jump into the, the third one here because it, it ties into the, the point you just made um, with this is so another luxury good is a spare room, and and again I, I know this because I've just gone and rented a house that has a spare room and I'm well aware that I'm paying money every week for that for that luxury.
0: Well, well, and I think um, you're paying for it on a weekly basis. Yes. But when we're talking about people that own a house. It becomes it so becomes a, it's a phantom I'll, expense. Like I'm going to say the minimum is ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to say the capital yep. is a hundred grand. So yep. what I'm talking about there is yep. I'm going to say that if you own a three bedroom yep apartment, yep. or if you own the same apartment that was two bedroom, mm-hmm. the three bedroom sells for at least a hundred thousand dollars more yep. than the two bedroom. Yep, in almost. Every market across Australia, yep. if not if not yep. higher, yep. if not higher, in and, some and all of the
1: corresponding expenses of owning, of and all owning the corresponding expenses, yeah.
0: Um, so everything becomes a little bit more expensive. Of course, the rates, the yep. body corp, all yep. those types of things. Yeah. So um, the spare room is quite costly. Think of it in these terms: if you if you had a three bedroom yep. apartment and you moved back to the two bedroom, yeah, you could get an extra hundred thousand dollars. Yep. To use for your retirement savings. Yep. Um, uh, and probably save $5,000 a year on and probably save about $5,000 a year. and all those sorts of And all those stuff. types of things. So, so $100,000 extra in your superannuation fund from moving from a three-bedroom to a two-bedroom, yep. for example, um, if you get a rate of return of 8% per year on that money, yep. that's $8,000. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could think of it in terms of just taking $8,000 each and every year yep. and... Um, using that as a holiday, yep. spending that on a holiday. Yeah. And what you what people usually say is that I um, know oh, I like to have the spare room because if I have guests, they can come and stay yep. with me. Yep. What I would say to that as an alternative is you would say to those guests, "To hell with that." <laughs> I'll put you I've got an extra receiver. eight thousand dollars here. Let's <laughs> go on a holiday together. I'm going to pay for us. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so- yeah, you could, you could actually, yeah. considerably yeah. in That's an extreme, take that $8,000 each yeah. um, yep. and every year yeah and say, look, we're just going to go and rent a house. We're going to have a holiday. Why yep. don't yep. You, you, our friends, yep. fly into this different location. Yep. Come we'll, and we'll and, a just, <laughs> yeah. We'll bake your accommodation. Come and spend time with us in this new yep. um, beautiful beachside villa that we're renting. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you could do that each and every year if you wanted to. Yep. So there is a cost to actually yep. having a spare and, room.
1: And I think, so... So before we get into the, so the last the last two luxury goods are a bit different because it's, it's sort of variable for everyone. But mm. I think these first three, as a rule of thumb, each of these things costs you about ten thousand dollars a year. Mm. So mm. if you want to have more than ten percent of your retirement savings in cash, yep. you're going to need to. That, that's going to cost you ten thousand dollars a year. Yep. So you have to reduce your income. You have to. 10, you have to reduce your, there is your income. There's a cost
0: to that. There's a direct cost to that. Yep.
1: So yeah. as I said with that example of clients, of those clients in mind that. Currently have more than 10% of their, of their retirement savings in cash. If they said to me, we, we want to bump up our income by $10,000 a year, we would have to dial that back in. Mm. So owning your own home, I think costs, that's probably, and again, different for everyone, but I think as a good round figure, to rent the same or the equivalent property versus owning, owning probably costs about an extra $10,000 a year. Yeah. That's Conservatively, yeah. Conservatively, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think the spare room, and those sort of tie in together, but having a spare room costs about $10,000 a year. Yep. So, I mean, that, and we'll, we'll get to the other two, but those, those sort of first three, you can see that if someone came in and said, I'm not willing to budge on, I, I definitely want 20% of my retirement savings in cash, and I want to own my own four-bedroom home that we've lived in forever, and, yep. and so that we've got that spare room. Yep, It's basically $30,000 more that they need.
0: It's a good way to think about it. It's a it's a cost of thirty thousand dollars if they were willing to trade off yep. those three things, yep. they could have an extra thirty thousand dollars of income each year. Yep. If they were willing to trade off um, two of those three things, yeah, they 20, could. 000. So two of those three things, they could still be a home Yep. Um, they could dial down their cash. Yep. They could um, get rid of the spare room. Yep. And downsize. Yep. So that's yeah, and that's twenty thousand dollars a year of extra income that they yep. can draw in that simple analogy. Yeah, exactly right.
1: So. The the fourth expense. of This one, I find I find talking about cars the most boring thing in the world. So we'll rattle. We through won't the spend quickly. too much time on this. But yet. basically, running two cars in retirement. This is yeah. it's probably not quite ten thousand dollars a year, but at least five thousand dollars. It wouldn't. Dollars, so. It wouldn't be far off at counting depreciation. It's not a real expense, Michael. It's a very <laughs> expense. <no. laughs> well, so yeah. Look, if you if you count that, you, you well, buy. If, even, if you're talking about semi new cars, then yes, yeah. definitely ten thousand dollars a year. If yeah. you look at, yeah, you, know, you buy a car for fifty thousand dollars. You know, it, it, it becomes worth effectively nothing over 10 years. Yep. It costs you $5,000 a year in depreciation yep. plus the $5,000 running costs. So if, if you'd like, like to have a semi-new car, it's probably an extra $10,000 a year. Yeah, and I, I, I think yeah. this is an easy one. Once you're
0: retired yeah. and you're a member of a couple, of course, to have two cars, you would assume... Yeah.
1: Uh, but you could be, I, I used to think this, except I've been Nicola and I have been with one car for the last week, and it's, I don't think of it as a. This is something that I would not be willing to trade off. Now I want my own car. You want your own car? It's now a real yeah. pain. Yeah. So
0: I mean, <laughs> so once once you're retired, though, yeah. Um, well, I'm, you, I probably don't have to, you know, get her to drop me into. Well, work you don't have to. to you, yeah. It doesn't seem to be the time critical aspect of travel yeah. as much. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, it is a, again. It's a luxury for most. People, we would say, yeah. to have two cars. Yep, because there is a cost yep. um, of five to ten thousand dollars a year. Yep. Say that, to to run a second vehicle yep. in the um, in the extra yep. maintenance, yep. registration, insurance, and depreciation. Yeah, now, the big like one
1: about that. this, and, and this is this is actually something that I've done the numbers on, even while while still working. Um, so I drive. I, I drive a as you've seen a, a very beaten up. Toyota Camry that that looks like the, the, you you said before, it looks like the car out of Californication. The main main star comes out and smashes the the light because he feels comfortable in a beaten up car. So that's the car that I drive. Even with that type of car, given how close I live to work and and how few places I go outside of work, I'm almost better off just getting an Uber everywhere I want to go. So in retirement, as you said, this is probably the other thing to bear in mind is that even if occasionally you do need two cars, if it costs you ten thousand dollars a year, that's a lot of Ubers every yes. single year that you could take. If you yep. needed to get a cab or whatever once a week or twice a week, it's still far cheaper than, than having all the costs associated with running two cars. Yep. So if you do want two cars for the reason that you just don't want to have to worry about that, you want to be able to just get in your car and go somewhere, again that's fine, that's a choice to make. But be aware that it's it is costing you five to ten thousand dollars a yep. year. Yep. Um, and the last one, which Number uh, five. Overseas travel. So for yep. Pretty much all of our clients, this is something that they that they want to that they want to do in retirement. Yep. So, but I I think that this is sort of a, an interesting one for me because I find that people who are people really plan for this and are aware that this is a, a luxury good or, or it's aware that it's something they're going to trade off in retirement. So when you're talking to people who, um, you know, I've got new clients the other day where I, I spoke about how much money do you think you need in retirement, and they said, well. Probably only fifty thousand because we've we've got mates who they spend about sixty, but they like to go overseas every 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 year or two, and yep. that probably costs them about ten thousand dollars a year. So, well, that's probably about right. So, yep. Most people that we talk to, this is a, a big part of their retirement plans in those early years. Is that travel? And yes. So, again, the whole point is not to say that. I mean, we love overseas travel when when possible, but. Um, it's not to say that it's a luxury good; it's an inherently a bad thing. But you do have to plan for it. You do have to allow for the fact that it is it is something that is going to cost you, you know, circa ten thousand dollars a year at least. And also that it is a luxury good; it is something that you can trade off if you if you're not sure whether you do want to do that or not. Yeah, look,
0: it, it is because at the start of this podcast, when we use the French Riviera versus Magnetic Island yeah. example, yeah. Um, you, you're just not thinking when you when you're traveling locally. Yeah, um, and of course, living in Australia, we've got so many beautiful locations. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere anyone lives across Australia, yeah, there's there's somewhere yeah close by. Yeah, that's really really nice.
1: Well, I always think it's. And, interesting. And, and, I always think it's interesting when you realise that other people from halfway around the world travel to where you are to go to the, the, the place next... So that, you know, for us, it's Magnetic Island. You realise people are coming from France to Australia to go well, to Magnetic Island to places like my, this. My, my neighbours, yeah. like um, they were in Italy yeah.
0: and they actually happened to be conversing with this Italian yeah. fellow and, and he was uh, speaking English better than they spoke Italian... <laughs> So, uh, they were actually having a conversation, yeah. and he said, where are you from, Australia, are yeah. um, oh, you whereabouts in Australia? And they said, you wouldn't know it, we, we're yeah. from Townsville. Yeah. And this Italian guy yeah. just yelled out, Magnetic Island, yeah. it's the best place in the world. <laughs> like, so, this this, yeah. this guy, they they said they couldn't get away from this guy for about 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. He turned up to Magnetic Island, this yeah. Italian guy, yeah. years and years ago, yeah. and um came for a weekend, and yeah. stayed for 7 months. Yeah, right. yeah. And then had to leave because his visa was <laughs> a bit around. But he was just saying how uh, if that was anywhere in Europe there'd be millions of people yeah. on the beach no, every single right. yeah, you know, uh, the beaches every single. Yeah. Um, I will do my part for local tourism, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're not other in town as, or, Australia, whether you're in, in town or not, Australia or not, go to Maggie uh, or or around it. the world. Yeah. Um you do yourselves a favor, come up between uh, May yeah. and and September, or yeah. well, April and September, the weather's beautiful, 25 degrees, yeah. clear skies, yeah. 0% chance of rain during that period of time. <laughs> that's 0%. <zero percent. laughs> Maybe not, zero, uh, but pretty close to it. So uh, that's the time to come yeah. to, to North Queensland, and Magnetic Island is, yeah. is a is a beautiful... You've got the place yeah. to yourself. And, and drop in and have a, have a coffee at Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> drop in and have a coffee at Lighthouse, yeah. Uh, um, so, so, so I mean, you, you, you just, you're just not... Yep. I just don't believe that you're actually, um, if you have to go on a local holiday, yep. I just don't believe you're pining no. for the overseas holiday no. whilst you're on that local holiday. So it's one of those ones that you can um, trade off. Yep. And there's many, many variations of this. So some people aspire to travel overseas every year. Yep. Um, when we have a discussion with them, we say, okay, in order to do that, you're going to have to work an extra two years, for example, yep. to get yep. to the position that you need to be. Jeez, we don't want to do that either. Yep. Um, so this is how the trade-offs work. So, yep. so we actually start to say, okay, well, what if you what if you went overseas every second year, yep. or every third year? Um, yeah, that that would that would work. Yeah. And look, there's plenty of value actually out of looking forward to a holiday. I find as well. So yep. if you're planning a, a big website. overseas holiday, yeah, um, if you if you're booking it sort of two years in advance or, or thinking about it two years in advance, yeah. In this in this example, yeah. You get plenty of value at actually yeah, planning and thinking looking about forward what to it, getting, it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah that's thinking about right. what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, so, th- I mean,
1: there's plenty of variations there. Yeah. But uh, I think It's just about
0: having a plan and, and looking at the,
1: at the, the trade-offs. trade-offs. And this is, again, the point of why we have these conversations with people who are coming to see us at 55, is that you know, you're 55, you've got half a million dollars in super. Where we're, where we're trying to shoot towards, you know, we use round figures of people have half a million dollars in super, they probably need about 1.5. That's that's based on sort of sixty thousand dollars a year, which means they are willing to trade off a, a few of these things. Now, it's a very different conversation if someone comes in comes into us and says, yeah, "I'm willing to work for another ten years. I don't care about having more than ten percent of my money in cash. I'm happy to. I don't want to own my own home. I'm happy to not have a spare room. We're mm-hmm. going to run one beaten up old car, and we don't want to do any overseas travel." Their retirement target is more is more like. Mm-hmm you know 1, 1.1 1.2 million versus someone else who comes in and says hey i, I really don't i want more than 10 percent of my money in cash i i want to own my own home we want a spare room for the kids and grandkids can stay we want two near new cars and we want to go on big overseas trips 1.5 million dollars is nowhere it's nowhere near enough they need two million dollars beyond so uh, this is i guess the thing of uh, why I like to break that down into dollar terms is that each of these things are luxury goods. So we're obviously all aware of things, you know, you know that's why I put new cars and overseas travellers last because people are generally aware that you know, that's, that's yeah. kind of a luxury item that I don't really need and, and it's costing me something to get that. Having more of your money in retirement savings in, in cash is a luxury good. It is costing you $10,000 a year. It, mm. it is a real allowance that needs to be made. Mm. Owning your own home costs you $10,000 a year. Having a spare room costs you $10,000 a year. Mm. So these are all things to think about. And like I say, that's the difference, those five items, between a retirement that costs $100,000 a year and a retirement that costs $50,000 a year. Mm. And as you said, if it, if it was... So me personally, I would be saying, well, I want... I want at least at least a few of those things. I'm I'm not really willing to trade that off. I'm will I'd be willing to work a bit longer to be able to fund those things that I know they're luxuries, but they're probably the things that I want. I'm willing to work longer to to build up the retirement savings to make that happen. But this is a different conversation for every person, and it's it's a it's a thought process that you need to go through. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, good place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.